big idea to have a heart like Christ is to have a heart whose sole motive is to love the Father. Our weekly identity statement, God is taking my heart of stone and making it a heart of flesh. In our memory verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The Deformed Heart In the beginning, God created everything, and it was good for about three seconds. Even though they were already like God, the devil lured Eve and Adam away from God using two tactics, ideas and isolation. First, the devil comes to Eve when she's alone, then an idea. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, verse 4 and 5. Ideas and isolation are the devil's two primary tactics. If, if he can get you by yourself thinking about a lie or a half-truth, he's got a much better shot at leading you away from the heart of the Father. And you know the story. Eve gave in to the idea and ate. Then she gave a piece to Adam and he ate. And the deformation of our hearts began. What God originally had in mind with our design had now begun the process of drifting into chaos. Over the next hundreds of years, this one lie would get woven into the fabric of every part of humanity. The creation that had been designed to love and live in relationship with God had become his enemies. From what I read in scripture, our heart is either being formed or deformed. The more input we have from the world, the more deformed our hearts will be, and the more input we have from God, the more formed our hearts will become. There are not several options for spiritual formation. True spiritual formation has only one option, relationship with the Father. Every other process that our hearts go through is a type of deformation. Throughout all of human history, we see the effects of the deformed heart. Jesus knew the state of the human heart when he was here. Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. John chapter 2, verse 23 through 25. He knew we had been deformed. If we want to see our hearts restored, softened, and filled with the desires God had in mind with our design, we have to come to peace with the fact that, apart from the regenerative work of the Spirit of the Father in us, our hearts are evil. The deceitful heart. Listen to your heart. You have to be true to you. The heart wants what it wants. But does our heart want what's right? Have we allowed God to rework the desires of our heart by surrendering our hearts to him? The psalmist said, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 4. Does your heart delight in the Lord? If it does, then you will get the desires of your heart, the Father. But too many of us read a verse like that and think it means that God will give us whatever we want. The prophet Jeremiah is known for the quote in Jeremiah 17:9, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Also, most of the lies we believe about God, ourselves, and others have wormed their way into our hearts. If we're going to change, we have to start paying attention to the lies we believe in our hearts. The hardened heart. We typically go to Pharaoh when we think of hardened hearts. God sent his messenger Moses to Pharaoh to set the Israelites free, but Pharaoh didn't listen to God's messenger. That's the first issue with the hardening of our hearts, refusing to submit to God. We don't like that word or concept these days. We submit to no one. 
and yet submission is at the very foundation of being a Christ follower. You can't save your life and lose it too. You save your life by losing it. We can't be the king of our own hearts and let God be the king of our hearts too. We have to submit to God's leadership in our lives. But we don't like that idea, and so we resist. We want to follow God just on our own terms. I've had people tell me that. I follow God in my own way. Well, then the truth is, you're not following God. You are your own God. There is no following God in your own way. We only follow God His way. Ephesians 4, 17-19 So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Sin is what hardens our hearts. Rebellion hardens our hearts. Pride and ego harden our hearts. But it also appears that heart hardening can happen to believers too. It appears to me that the hardening of the Christian heart happens in two ways, sin and resisting the Holy Spirit. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Hebrews 12, verse 12 through 13. Sin is turning away from God. Second, resisting or grieving the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When God is speaking to your heart, do you listen? Do you receive the life he wants to give you, or do you reject it? God gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift. When you hear that voice telling you not to do something, don't do it. It's probably sin. Whatever it is, it's bad for you, and God wants what's best for you. You'll also hear the voice telling you to do things, to help people, love people, be generous, and so forth. Don't resist that voice either. The more we resist, the harder our hearts become towards God and his prompting of the Holy Spirit. God desires to call us out of our rebellion, but for him to do that, we have to confess. When we don't confess our sins, they remain a barrier between us and God. It's almost like sin coats our heart one layer at a time, and for God to be able to change our hearts, he has to deal with the layers of sin that have built up over time. Is your heart hard towards God? Is there any sin you haven't confessed to him? Have you been listening to the Spirit's leading? Our daily scripture focus is Ephesians 4, 17-19. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. So as we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes and think and pray through a few things. First, pray and ask God through the Holy Spirit to reveal any area of your heart that is deformed, deceitful, or hard. Next, with whatever God brings to mind, imagine yourself responding to God's prompting through the Holy Spirit and submission. Imagine yourself resisting the urge to go down the same paths and let God lead you in his higher way. And finally, thank God for his grace, his constant grace in our resistance and rebellion against him. 